Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. Uh, It is really good to be here today. I've been trying to get here for two years. (laughs) I was supposed to come last year, and I had a little minor incident. I ripped open my ankle on the edge of my Harley, and uh, no fault to my Harley. I, I don't blame my Harley. I love my Harley. And uh, I hear somebody over here had an accident. Who was it that? Mr. Larry. Mr. Larry? Larry, God bless you. You're the healed of the Lord, brother. And we forgive that foolish driver. Amen? No bitterness, right? Okay, because we're going to deal with that in my message later on. Make sure you're. We don't just want your leg hole, we want your heart hole too, you know? We can't go riding down the road cursing at people as they go by us, you know. Because, you know, when you're on a bike out there, as far as I'm concerned, don't take this wrong, but if I'm on a motorcycle, everybody in the car is a fool. Amen. I don't trust nobody. Because they just don't see you, but, but you forgive them, right, Larry? Okay, good. Be free, brother. Be healed, be free. And so I, I, I sliced my, my leg open last year, and then... Uh, I had some serious issues with uh, varicose veins and uh, borderline uh, uh, doctors are concerned it might develop into DVT, which is deep vein thrombosis. And as much as I fly, that's not good. And so since they sewed up my ankle and I couldn't get on that, then I went to the doctor. I said, well, you might as well do all the stuff on my legs too. So they, between lasers and surgeries and yanking veins out of my legs. So I laid on the couch for six weeks. And uh, so I didn't get to come here, but Pastor Rusty came to see me, you know, and, and that was, so we watched movies and read uh, books on ducks and hunting and, and, and we prayed together. Yeah, it was good. And so, uh, and then I almost didn't get to come this year because we we're planning on coming in and you got a visitor called uh, Harvey and uh, he says, well, you can come help us clean up. That's a great invitation, help come clean up after disaster. I'll do that for a living. I don't know why I want to go to Texas and do that, but, but I was willing to come, and I wanted to come, but we had another visitor to call Irma, and uh, she didn't come see you, but she came to see us in Florida. So, you know, I'm, when I'm here, I'm, I stay in Florida, and so instead of coming here to clean up from yours, we had to get ready for ours, and the eye of the hurricane was about 17 miles from our house, and so it was kind of a mess, and so... I didn't get to come that Sunday, and so, but I did make it today, so that's good. Hallelujah. Stupid hurricanes. And, uh, but no, it, it's, it's good to be here. I, I want to share something with you. Well, first of all, I, I just want to commend you, and, and really, uh, Rusty and Leah, um, you know, I don't know if you guys realize just how blessed you are to have the pastors that you do. And, uh, you know, when Rusty introduced me, introduced me as, as not only a, a missionary that y- y'all are involved with, but a friend. And, and I, I use a term, I'm using it now, I use it a lot more than I used to. It's not one of my favorite terms, but it, at my age, uh, I didn't used to say that, but I do now. But at my age, uh, I'll be 63 very shortly, you don't, who whistled? Roland, just smack him, will you? Just. And I know y'all thought I was 43, but that's okay. It's all right. No. 
At 63, you don't really build lifetime relationships. Usually you got them or you don't, you know. And uh, Rusty and Leah have actually been a, a great surprise in my life. They really have. Um, I've, you know, you know a lot of people, you meet a lot of people, people come and go, and, and some are there, and then some break your heart. And, uh, but good friends, you know, if you have good friends, that's part of your prosperity, friendships. You know, I have another message I can preach I'm not going to, but it's on uh, revelations and relationships. Two of the greatest things needed and necessary in your life that cause you to live long, stay strong, and make it in life. What you believe and, and, and you know, based on your, rela- on your revelations. And then the relationships, the people that you have in your life. Uh, real friends aren't those you have to try to impress. Because trying to impress and pretend is a lot of work and, and it just doesn't last over time. You know, and you're, you're being phony because you're wanting to be accepted, you're wanting to be liked, but... You're not being real. You're trying to be what you think some people want you to be or think you should be. You're trying to impress them with what you do. But after a while, it's just too much stinking work. <laughs> you just need to be yourself because after a while, people are going to see what you're really like anyway. And when, and especially in the ministry, you know, you don't want to have to try to impress people with numbers and figures and sizes and this and that. People are either going to love you and like you for who you are in your heart or they're not. And uh, when God really added Rusty and Leah to our life, at first he was so over the top, I didn't think he was for real. (laughs) He was so kind and generous. I mean, honestly, I think Pastor Rusty is one of the most generous people I've ever met. I didn't even hardly know the guy and he started sending me gifts. I thought, come on, is this guy for real? And, and then Shadi's birthday, and they don't even hardly even know my wife and the way they blessed my wife. And, and then Shadi, she, they, we got a card, and she opened it up. She goes, are these people for real? I said, I think so. I hope so. <laughs> but, you know, over the years, we realize they're real. They're for real. Listen, you guys are blessed. You have real, genuine, down-to-earth, honest, God-loving, Holy Ghost people that love you and pastor you and and are going to do something, have done and continue to do something great for the kingdom. So, you know, I just want to commend you on on your pastor. And Rusty, you you guys, you've become a very dear friend to us. And, and, And I don't use the word friend lightly. I know a lot of people, but they're not all friends. Because, you know, friends are people that show up when nobody else does. You know, you know, I, I didn't get to come last year, and I really wanted to. And, and so instead of me coming here, Rusty came to see me. He not only came to see me, but he, he came to spend time with me, and he brought me an offering. I didn't preach. He said, that's okay. We, I'm going to bring you an offering anyway. I thought, dear God, I, I ought to do this every year. Just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, how many of you know that's just not normal? And so I want you to know that what you're a part of here is something unusual. And you need to guard it, you need to protect it, and you need to appreciate it. And uh, so, Rusty, I just want to thank you for you and Leah for really becoming a friend and someone that God has added to our life. And, you know, as you get older, the last thing you want is to grow older without having people you can share life with 
you know, people that you can rely on, depend on, and, and when you need them, they're there. And uh, so it's good to have friends. Amen. That's why building relationships in a community of believers, that's what one of the things you're supposed to be doing in church is, is if there's any place that you can develop real, real friendships that are going to last, it's not the bar, it's church, Amen. you know. And, and in here in a community of believers and in this fellowship, this body, you get connected. We do life together. And so you need to thank God for a good church. Amen. Amen. Well, let me get into what I, I have in my heart to share with you. Uh, I'm going to share something, and it's just, just the most real thing that I have on the inside of me, and so that's, uh, that's what I like to share. I want to share some principles with you this morning that I believe cause life to work, cause the Word to work, and maybe it will help some of you get in unstuck from a situation that you're in. How many of you feel that you're kind of in a situation, things aren't changing, You've heard all the right things, but you're not seeing what you want to see. Anybody here? One, two, three, four people. And, and uh, okay, the rest of you just don't want to raise your hand. But I want to talk about seed. And now this will be easy to preach because uh, just as, as much as I know Rusty, and I know what he teaches and preaches, I know that this principle has been taught here. Um, and, and I'm glad it's, it's taught in balance here. But in a lot of places, as soon as you hear the word seed, the only thing people talk about is money. You hear the word seed and everybody goes, oh boy, here we go, here's another offering. No, this, is, uh, this does relate to money, but the principle of seed isn't just about money. It's how the kingdom works. And if you don't understand the principle of seed and how God works, then that's why you're not seeing the things happen in your life, with your life, to your life, and for your life that you, that you need to seed because you don't understand the principle of seed. It's not just money. A seed doesn't just relate to an offering. And too many times, especially when you turn on the television, boy, everybody's talking about seed, but it's always about money. And, uh, but the first and the most important thing about seed is what it does in you, not what it can bring to you. And most people are only concerned about what can come to them and not what God can do in them. You know, being always precedes doing. The kind of person you become is more valuable than what you can do or what you can get. What you can do or what you can get in life is determined by the kind of person that God is able to build on the inside of you. And so I want to begin in Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 11. And it says, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, repeats it again, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind, says it again three times, I guess one want to get the point across, and God saw that it was good. Fruit bears, fruit always has seed. Come on, we know that, right? And seed can only reproduce according to its kind. An apple seed is only going to produce apples. It's not going to produce peaches. It's not going to produce mangoes. It's not going to give you an avocado. It's only going to give you apples. A mango seed is only going to give you mangoes. It's the law of creation. It's the law of Genesis. And you're not going to change it. Now, you can cross-pollinate plants, but whatever's in the seed, that's the only thing it can reproduce. It is the law of Genesis. 
Now you can crossbreed. I mean, you can crossbreed dogs. You know, being at Pastor Rusty's house, he's got two weenie dogs, and you know, I always wonder. I mean, I think the Germans did that. Why did they give that dog such a long body and took away his legs? You know, you know, and if he eats too much, every time he runs, he just kind of bumps his belly along. As you know, you you look at a lab, it's it's you know it's it's a normal dog. And then you look at that weenie dog and you're thinking, my Lord Jesus, what did they do to you? <laughs> now, my daughter has a dog. It's, it's the strangest dog. Now, he looks kind of, he's a very mellow dog. But the person who did it had to be high. <laughs> it is a cross between a pit bull and a chihuahua. Now, how many of you agree that person had to be high? Why would you do that? First of all, if you know chihuahuas, they're crazy. I know. Shot, my wife had one for 14 years. They are ferocious. Their, their brains don't work right. As far as they're concerned, they're bigger than anything around. They will attack anything. It doesn't matter. We, Shotty's chihuahua attacked a Rottweiler one time. I looked at him. I said, are you stupid? I mean, they think there's, I mean, you take the brain of a chihuahua and put it in a full-size dog. That's dangerous. Why would you took, take, want to take the brain of a chihuahua and put it in a pit bull? That's like creating a wolf. But anyway, his name is Wiley. He's just a really mellow guy. I don't know how that happened. But come on, a, a chihuahua and a pit bull? Now, my, my nephew has a chihuini. That's a chihuahua and a weenie dog. That's kind of... And now you can cross, I mean, you can crossbreed different kinds of horses. You know, you can crossbreed different kinds of cats. I mean, they crossbred a, a, a tiger and a lion, and they got a liger. It's real. Look it up on the Internet. Yeah. Now, it's so big and heavy that if it was in the wild, it would starve to death because it's not fast enough to catch anything. It's a massive cat, but, you know, you can crossbreed. But you can't crossbreed a dog and a cat and get a dat. <laughs> you can't do that. You can crossbreed all kinds of cows and all kinds of horses, but you can't crossbreed a horse and a cow and get a how. <laughs> you can't do that. See, God, God knows man, and he knows how foolish man is. He knows how depraved the, the mind of man is. And so you can't take the DNA or, or the seed of man and crossbreed it with an animal because fools have tried it, and it, it's not, it will not work because the law of Genesis, seed will only reproduce after its own kind. Because God knows that man would create some kind of un ungodly crazy thing and there are people over the years that have tried it all they need to do is go back to Genesis and realize it's not going to work I don't care what you try it's not going to work seed only reproduces after its own kind and when you understand that that seed only reproduces after its own kind then you'll understand certain laws of the Bible that will help you out in life it is the principle it's the foundation now when you understand that and then you realize that if God's going to do something wonderful in you and for you and with you, it always goes back to seed. Always. In fact, when you look at the very first time that Jesus is even referred to in the Bible, in Genesis, when God is confronting uh, the serpent, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, he says, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle, more than every beast of the field, on your belly you shall go, you shall eat dust all the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and 
her seed. Your seed, small s, her seed, capital S. This is the very first reference to the Messiah, the one who is going to come and pay the price, the one who is going to come and now reverse the fact that man has fallen, he's separated from God. The answer, the very first reference to the answer is called seed. We know that uh, Adam and Eve have two sons, Cain and Abel. We have the first murder in the Bible. Cain kills Abel, jealousy and envy. And then in Genesis chapter 4, verse 25, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. Look, Look at how Adam refers to him. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. What did he call his son? Seed. What is the value of seed? Seed is the guarantee that there's always going to be a future. See, how many times did God create apple trees? One time. How many times did he, what kind of trees do y'all have here that bear fruit? Pecan trees. I like pecans. Yeah. How many times did God create pecan trees? One time. But what did he put inside the fruit? A seed. What is a seed? Guarantee that there's going to be a next generation. See, God only created, how many times did God create man? Well, he only created one man. But inside man, what did he give? What seed? Guaranteed that there's another generation. See, seed is guaranteed that there's always going to be more. See, that's the importance of you bearing fruit. See, because when you bear fruit in your life, what's inside the fruit that you bear? Seed that guarantees that there's even more to come. And the thing is, because of seed, what the way that God creates, there is actually no limitation. God puts no limitation on what you can have, what you can enjoy, or who you can become. How many seeds in an apple? Well, I don't know. Six, seven, eight. We'll make it easy. Y'all have, y'all have mangoes here? No. Yes, you do? All right, we'll make it easy. How many seeds in a mango? How many mangoes in a seed? How many? You can't. You can't. See, you can count the seeds in a mango. God can count the mangoes in a seed. See, you take a mango seed, you plant it, what do you get? You get a tree. From that tree, what do you get? Fruit. What's inside that fruit? More seeds. You take all that fruit, you take out the seeds and plant those, what do you get? More trees. So you plant one seed, you get, you get a tree. That tree will give you a thousand mangoes easy. Okay, you take those thousand mangoes, take out those seeds, plant those seeds. What do you have now? A thousand and one trees. A thousand and one trees, it gives you a thousand pieces of fruit each. That's over a million mangoes. You take those million mangoes, you plant those seeds, and now you have one million, one thousand and one trees. Next time you have harvest, how many mangoes you got? Where did it start? In the seed. See, in the seed, there's no limitation. That's why in the beginning when God created, he always put seed in everything that he created. Why? It's a guarantee. It's a promise. There's always more to come. So if you want increase that has no limitation, you have to go back to seed. Without seed, there's not going to be growth. Without seed, there's not going to be another generation. Without seed, there is no increase. Without seed, nothing's coming tomorrow. 
There's a doomsday vault. Don't look it up now, but look it up later. It's called the doomsday vault. It's in, a, in the very farthest nor, north, uh, island in Norway. It's built in deep into a mountain. Every nation in the world has deposits there. It's called the Doomsday Vault. Look it up on the Internet afterwards. Don't Google it on your phone now. And every nation of the world has deposits in this Doomsday Vault to guarantee that no matter what the tragedy or disaster, what they have deposited there will always guarantee that they can rebuild for the future. And there's only one thing deposited in the vault. Seeds. No matter what happens, what disaster, tidal wave, tsunami, earthquake, volcano, whatever, inside there, there's guarantees that whatever nation, even North Korea has deposits in there. Syria is the first nation to make a withdrawal in the last so many years because their country is so devastated, and the only thing that can guarantee that they can rebuild for the future is what? Seeds. Seed is the guarantee that there's a future. If you want a future in your life, it always goes back to seed. Genesis chapter 5, verse 3, And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son, and it says, in his own likeness after his own image. Why? Because seed reproduces after its own likeness and image. Say likeness and image. Seed will reproduce the likeness and image of where it comes from. An apple seed will produce an apple tree that will bear apples that looks just like the fruit that that original seed came from. You got that? So if you want to look like something, you got to have the seed that guarantees this is what you're going to look like. You look at my sons, they look like me. My daughter, she's a much prettier version of me. But if you see Brittany uh, next to me, now Stephen, uh, he looks more like shoddy. And Ryan, he, he's almost a spitting image of me. He's a little thinner. Uh, he's what I used to look like, a few pounds less. And, uh, but he looks just like me. Why? Because seed reproduces after its own image and its own likeness. DNA is an amazing thing. Amen? You can break any cycle by sowing seeds. And I believe most likely the number one problem for most believers is they want what seed can get them more than what seed will make them. And many people have heard all of the answers that they need in life, not realizing that the answer always comes in seed form. And you have to let it be sown and grow to bring the change that you need. Most of us are usually influenced by the most recent memory that being brings pain or the most recent revelation that brings strength and truth into our lives what is the most recent truth that's come alive in your heart kingdom of heaven the bible says in mark chapter 4 verse 26 the kingdom of heaven is like this it's as if a man would plant seed into the ground and grow first the blade then the head then the full grain in the head that's how the kingdom works. And so when we understand how the kingdom works, then we can begin to cooperate with the kingdom and let it work for us. Genesis 8:22, as long as the earth remains, there abides summer and winter, day and night, cold and heat, and seed time and harvest. See, it is a law, it's a principle that's going to work whether you believe it or not. It works for you, or if you cooperate with it, if you don't cooperate, it'll just it'll work against you. Now, being here in in South Texas, it's not so bad, 
But how many of you know tonight the sun's going to go down? Whether you believe it or not. It's going down. Why? Because day and night, it's the law of creation. You can sit here and fast and pray all you want. It's still going down. You can go to bed tonight and pray and fast and say, I don't believe it's coming up. Well, sorry. Tomorrow morning it's coming up. You say, I don't believe in winter. You, you know, you can wear your shirts and your slippers and your tank top. You can go to New York in the dead of winter and say, I don't believe in winter. We'll bury you the next day. You'll be frozen because it's going to get cold. Amen. There's summer and winter, day and night, cold and heat, and seed time and. See, it's a law. It's the law of Genesis. It's a law of creation. It's e- and it works. It's either going to work with you and for you because you cooperated against it, or you're going to suffer because you don't get in agreement with it. Now, how many of you wish every time you sowed something, you got a harvest immediately? Okay. Now, how many of you are glad that every time you did something stupid, it didn't come back on you immediately? See, aren't you glad there's a little time? Seed, time, harvest. Why? So, see, time is there for the mercy of God to come in so you don't get what you really ought to deserve. The mercy of God and the wisdom of God comes in and you realize, I need to repent so I don't get what I just sowed. Now, see, when it's good, we want immediate. When it's bad, we're glad it's not. How many know God's smarter than we are? Yeah, amen. I told my kids that the whole time growing up. It's, they're still working on that one. Three things God does for you in every uh, season of your life. Always Understand this. God always initiates first. And talking about seeds, seeds, number one, are sown in us first. When God wants to do something great in you, he sows seeds in your heart. Everything begins by what is sown in you. How did you get saved? Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, the Word of God which lives and abides forever. It might have been right here in this church. You heard words. What are words? Words are seeds. You heard words, you believed it in your heart, and something supernatural happened. You can believe in your heart, declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. Because of the hearing of the gospel, you heard words, you, you received that into your heart, and you were delivered out of darkness into light, out of death and into life, because words came to you. Mary had a conversation with an angel and became pregnant. Words. Why? Because the Spirit of the Most High, she says, how in the world can this be? Well, the Holy Ghost will come upon you, and He will overshadow you. And the words that you hear, He will cause to come alive. Now, this was in her womb. Now, that doesn't happen today, so don't try to tell your daddy. We were just talking. (laughs) That happened with Gabriel and Mary. It's never happened again. It's not going to. She heard words, and she conceived in her womb. You hear words, and, and e- think about this. You hear words, and eternal life is imparted into your spirit, man. How powerful are those words when they have an effect? If you believe in your, you, you allow that word to become alive to you. You receive those words. It gets planted in you, and eternity comes alive. Your spirit, man, is recreated in righteousness and true holiness. Amen. Why? Words. The power of words. God's word. But it's a seed. Born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed. So God's word is called seed. 
Now, Mark chapter, yeah, Mark chapter 4, Jesus, the parable of the sower, he says, a sower goes out to sow. He sows some seed falls on the wayside, and the birds of the air come and immediately eat it up, and immediately bears no fruit. And then some seeds fall on, on stony ground, and, and it springs up quickly, but because it has no depth of earth, afterwards when the sun comes out and, and begins to bake it and heat it, 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 it withers and dies because it has no depth, and it bears no fruit. And some seed falls on thorny ground, and it begins to grow up, but it's, it's surrounded by thorns and weeds, and the thorns and the weeds suffocate it, and it bears no fruit. Now, some seed falls on good ground, and it brings 30, 60, and 100-fold return. And they're listening to that. Later on, when they're alone with him, they go, we don't get it. Birds, seeds, stony ground, thorny ground good ground. Uh, what are you talking about? He said, listen, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parable? This is a bottom line parable that's foundational to spiritual understanding concerning the Word of God. And it's one of the reasons many believers are stuck where they are today. Bottom line principle, if the Word of God doesn't find place in your heart, it will not produce in your life. So he says the sower sows, so he explains it to him. The sower sows the word. So the seed is the word. And some seed falls on the wayside. That's where people are more concerned about what's for lunch instead of what's being said in church. They give no attention. Uh, Asalea's verse this morning was perfect. Really, Holy Ghost, you know, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings, my words, my sayings. Keep them in the depths of your heart, for they are what? Life. life to those who find them and health to all there. And the Amplified, it was just phenomenal. In other words, when the word comes, give attention. Let your f- See, sowing is intentional. And the receiving of seed must be intentional. Because th- when the seed goes out, the seed is what? It's the word. And what does the devil, it says, and the devil comes immediately and takes away the seed. Why does he take away the seed? What's the law of Genesis? It reproduces after its own kind. So if Jesus is the word made flesh, and and that seed is God's word, it will produce the very image and character and likeness of who he is in your life. See, you're growing spiritually. You grow up into the things of God. And so what God wants to bring into your life, he sows into your life. He doesn't just drop it on you like an egg in a pan. No, he sows it and grows it. And the devil comes immediately. Why immediately? Because he knows if that seed gets planted, it will reproduce the character, the image, the faith, the joy, the peace, and the wisdom of who he is and way overshadow who you is. So steal the seed, stop the plant. Why steal the seed? Because he knows the danger of seed getting root. It produces trees. What do trees do? Oh, Lord, they produce fruit. What's inside that fruit? More seeds. Now we got to run away. Let's stop it all before it gets started. Steal the seed. So you think because you heard it, and now you're wondering, where's my answer? No, you heard it, but it didn't get planted. Why? It got stolen. Because by the time you're finished with lunch, you can't even remember what Pastor, Pastor Rusty preached. That's not a seed that got planted. Meet people in church on a Sunday afternoon. They see people in a restaurant. 
Oh, man, I missed, I wasn't able to come to church today. How was the message? Oh, it was great. Pastor Paul from the Philippines was there. Oh, oh, it was a great message. What did he preach on? I don't know, but it was really good. It sounded, I was, I was moved. Man, the Spirit, or, or you're talking about a service of Pastor, man, the Spirit of God moved, and this happened and that happened. Yeah, but what did he preach? Oh, man, the Holy Ghost was there. Yeah, but what did he say? I don't know, but it was good. What do you have? You have a fading memory that is not growing anything in your life to determine the kind of person that you're going to become. So the devil comes away immediately, steals a seed. Well, the second one is sown on stony ground. It doesn't have much depth. Why? Because there's rocks. What are rocks? Hard issues. Unresolved conflicts. Past hurts, pains, and bitternesses. How many of you right now, if, if somebody just mentioned a certain person's name, you'd almost want to cuss? How many people right now, if God would give you a 30-second timeout and not hold it against you, you could think at least two or three people you'd love to slap the fire out of? Come on, be honest and be free. Come on. Yeah. Now, don't look at somebody else in the church, please. Yeah. Come on, if God would just give you a 30-second timeout and no repercussions, you could just slap the fire out of them. You'd be the first in line. Come on. You got some stony ground. You know what happens? You hear the word, you receive it with gladness. But it doesn't have any depth. Why? You have past issues that don't allow the depth of God's word to go deep because the depth of your roots determines the height of your tree. The depth of your root determines the strength of your tree because droughts come. When droughts come and heat comes, the depth and the width of your roots determines the health that's going to continue to nourish the tree so it doesn't die. Why do you need the tree to live? Because you've got to have fruit. And so what happens? We get all excited, but because we haven't plowed up unresolved issues, we've just let it go, but it's still there. Now seriously, <laughs> joking aside, how many of you have some people right now you just really, really still angry with and irritated with. Now, and I mean, I, I, I joke was joking with Larry, but let me tell you, 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 you can get angry when someone does something like that, causes you to have to wear a brace on your leg. I mean, they could have killed you. I mean, people don't see motorcycles. They pull right in front of us all the time. I mean, when I'm on my bike, when I'm here in the States, I, I have a Harley in Florida I keep here. I've had so many people on their stupid cell phones just come right over to my lane, and it's just like, you know, I might dent your car, but I'm, I'm going into the hospital or, or into the grave here because you're too busy texting and, you know, messing around on your phone and, or eating a hamburger, drinking a cup of coffee and driving down the road and answering your phone at the same time. Now, if that's you, stop it. <laughs> you're going to kill people like us. And you get hurt and you get wounded or, or somebody ripped you off in business or somebody, you know, listen, I think some of the greatest pains in life are, are betrayal. 
And we get hurt and we get wounded. And what happens is we just grow bitter in life. And you don't realize as you, all the word that you hear along the way that can bring healing into your life, the answers that you need are in that seed. But that seed has got to be planted to produce. The bottom line, if seed doesn't get planted, it won't grow. And the seed is always good. Here's another one for you. God's responsible for the seed, but not the soil. Proverbs 16.1 says the preparation of the heart belongs to man. See, God brings good seed, but the seed is at the mercy of any ground it goes into. That's why in Proverbs it says, guard your heart with all diligence. Because out of it flows the issues, the forces of life, joy, peace, patience, love, wisdom, understanding. These aren't things that come out of your head that you just heard and you remember. You don't live out of the strength of your memory. You live out of the strength of the revelation and the truth that has grown out of your heart. Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth. Well, how does he bring it forth? Because it's growing in there because of what's been planted. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I know there's people in here today and there's issues. And we've minimized it and we've just put it aside, but we need to to purposely plow it up and deal with it. Father, I thank you that in any unforgiveness, for however justified it may be, people literally have been ripped off, used, abused, lied to, betrayed, whatever's happened in their life, hurt, wounded, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, Lord, we can't fix them, but we can guard our own hearts. And so we commit them to you, but we need our hearts free. So we make a decision today to do what's right, to to plow up. I don't need stony ground. I need to be good ground. I need whatever is heard. When I, every time I come into this church, every time I open my Bible, I need that seed going into good ground to reproduce and bring forth the character and the image of who Jesus really is in my life. I need to decrease. He needs to increase. So I thank you right now as people just where they're sitting right now making decisions. Lord, I just, I plow that up. I, I'm not going to be stony ground. I'm not going to allow this hardness. It's not going to be a part of my character. It's not who you want to reproduce in me. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Some seed fell on thorny ground. And thorny ground is with the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things. Comes in, grows up, and chokes the word, and it bears no fruit. Now think about this. Wayside, no fruit. Stony ground, no fruit. Is the seed good? Come on. But it's bearing what? No fruit. See, these are believers that aren't getting fruit. And the seed is good, but there's no fruit. And no fruit means no results. And you know what happens when there's no results? You blame the seed. Or you blame the sower. It's that pastor. It's that church. I'm going to go somewhere else. It's not working. No, the word works. But the seed, see, and most people, this is where they miss it. Seed is at the mercy of the condition of the soil. 
Listen, even for you to get saved, there has to be a breaking of pride and some humility for you to acknowledge the fact, I'm lost, I need a Savior. I am in need of a Savior. That right there is all that's needed and necessary for that incorruptible seed to come in and for you to get born again. Now, if salvation comes that way, your character and everything else that he wants to begin to do, he's also going to sow in you. The deceitfulness of riches. Boy, I tell you, if anybody's got a need, they don't have a job, and boy, they're in church, they're believing God, hearing everything Pastor Rusty's got to say. They get the job, they get the increase, now they're out there enjoying all the money they make and they forgot about where it came from. Got the new boat, got the new house, and forgot about how God brought it to them. The deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things, or the cares of this world. Listen, cares, worries, fears, anxieties, what you don't realize. See, those aren't past issues. Those are present issues, weeds that grow up. And it says, and it chokes it. This is the incorruptible seed, the Word of God. And it says that these things suffocate it. And it bears. The value of protecting and guarding your heart is beyond most people's understanding. Because out of my heart, God is growing and bringing forth everything needed and necessary in my life. How many, and listen, and cares aren't necessarily sins. Just cares. And we know what? We all got cares. We all have things that we have to deal with. We have rent to pay. We have cars to pay for. Or the car breaks down. We got to pay for the broken down car. Or we have kids going to school. You know, you, you made them. They grow up. And, and then they want phones, and they want laptops, then they want puppies, and then they want to go to school, and they want to go here, and then they want to go shopping, and then, oh, my gosh, I made another one, and now I got two of them. And, and oh, my, and boys are different than girls. And girls want this, and boys want that. And, oh, yes, my wife, she wants to go shopping, too. And I got the electric bill and the phone bill, and, and, and all of us, those aren't sins. But their responsibilities and responsibilities of everyday life can become cares. And then you get a stupid hurricane that comes in and messes everything up. And what happens, cares can, can become worries. And worries can become fears and anxieties. And it becomes a weight on your heart that suffocates. That's why the Bible says, casting all your cares upon him. It's not that we're not aware of what's real. We're not denying the reality of everyday life. But I cannot allow my cares to become worries and fears to where it leads me into depressions. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this. I don't know where it's going to come from. But I am doing all that I know to do. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I'm honoring you. I'm not in sin. But i got some serious issues here. I need help with. So I'm just going to take my cares, I'm just going to give it to you. But cares, worries, the deceitfulness of riches, that, that striving and everything else is so important that God's Word and, and who Jesus is isn't the, the, the revelation above them all, it's just one amongst them all. It says that it suffocates it and it bears no fruit. Say, that's not me. How many of you got some, well, but how many of you got some cares? Borderline worries. Going into fears. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a 
sound mind. So we take all of our cares, we cast it upon you. Whether it's a house payment, school payment, car payment, electric payment, or medical payment, or whatever it is, concern about our future, retirement, or this or that, or the kids, or the dogs, whatever it is, I cast it all upon you. That you who gave me, Father, you gave me your only son, and you did not withhold him, and you freely gave him to me. How, how much more that with him you also freely give me all things. If you did not withhold Jesus, the greatest need I ever had in my life, why would I allow worry and fear now to come in and steal my peace? If I can trust you for my eternity, I can trust you in my temporary. So, Lord, I, I cast all these cares upon you, and I, and I release them to you. And I will not allow the deceitfulness of riches or the desires for other things to be preeminent above my passion for walking with you. Lord, make that real in my life, in Jesus' name. Amen. And then, guess what? It says, and then seed fell on good ground. Say, that's me. That's me. Come on, say, that's me. that's me. And what happened? It brought forth 30, 60, and... A hundredfold return. See, if you'll take care of your heart, then the seed has the freedom to just reproduce. And that's what God wants it to do, to reproduce. Now, that's just part one. I'm going to go through part two and three real quick. You ready? Part one, I take a little bit more time for because it's the most important. Because if it's not growing in you, the most important thing is what God can grow in you. Amen? Number two. God sows in us to determine the kind of people we become. And then I don't, I don't really have to spend a lot of time in, on part two because knowing your pastor, I know how he has covered part two. But see, God operates according to his word. I know that sounds very foundational and elementary. But you see, God operates according to his word, so God wants us to operate the way he does. He said, if this is the way I work, this is the way you work. If you, want, if you want to get the things that, I, that you want to get, and if you want to get the things that belong to you, then you have to do what I do. I operate according to the principles of my word, so you're going to have to do, obviously, the same thing. So when God wants to grow the kind of person in you, he sows in you. I mean, he sowed his only son, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. He sowed one seed. Look at what he's done to planet earth since then. So how many of you need to see increase come to you? Now, how many of you need to see increase come in you? Then you need to make sure your heart's good and let the seed get planted. You say, well, I'm not seeing anything yet. Well, it's probably still covered up with a little bit of dirt. You just give it some time, it'll grow. Now, that's what's done in you. So if God wants to do something great in you, he sowed seed in you. When he wants to do something great for you, he says, okay, now you sow. You sow seed. What happens when you sow seed? You are putting into, into uh, action what guarantees there's going to be a future. The Bible says that he gives bread for food and seed to the sower, that he will supply and multiply the seed that you sow. He gives you bread to eat. Eat the bread, don't eat the seed. If you eat the seed, you just ate your future. God says, here's bread. I'll take care of you. Here's seed. Say, well, I, I need increase, Lord. Okay, here's seed. 
See, we're waiting for God to just drop increase on our head. Now, God does do miracles, but, you, but God is not going to rescue you and I on a daily basis of miracles. And I, I heard Pastor Rusty brought this up at Fire of the Nations a couple months ago. He got up and preached after I did, and he was praying I wouldn't go in this direction, you know. But, you know, when the children of Israel came into the promised land, the manna stopped, the quail stopped. God said, listen, you eat the fruit of the land now. I'm not going to rescue, you know, the, 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 the nation that came out of the promised land was there as a result of disobedience. Now that you've come into the promised land, the land that I prepared for you, I'm not going to rescue you on a daily basis having to show up. Let me tell you, what you grow, you sow it, you grow it, you eat it. You don't sow it, you don't grow it, you go hungry. Proverbs saying, a lazy man will not plow because of winter. Therefore, during the harvest, he will beg and have nothing. Why? There's not a farm. I don't know a single farmer in America that would go out to his field after three months and, and wonder why he doesn't have a harvest, knowing full well he never planted anything. Come on. Do you know any farmer that's dumb, that dumb? I don't. I, know, I don't know any Filipino farmers that dumb. Go out to their field, go, man, where's my rice? Everybody's harvesting rice, where's my rice? I prayed, I fasted, I worshiped, I interceded. Yeah, bro, but you didn't plant. Oh, you mean I got to plant? Yeah, because what you sow, you. See, now that's good, bad, and ugly. Now, we love Luke 6, 6 given and shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. We love that verse. But let me tell you, you got to back up a couple verses because that's just not a money verse. That's a life verse. Judge not lest you be judged. Condemn not lest you be condemned. Give. And it shall be given. Press down, shake. Because whatever you give out, it's coming back. You give out judgment, it's coming back. How's it coming back? Good measure. Press down, shaking together, and judged all over. You condemn, it's coming back. Good measure. Press down, shaking together, and condemned all over. See, because whatever you give out, it's the law of creation. It's the law of Genesis. Old Testament, New Testament doesn't make any difference. It doesn't change the law of Genesis and creation. As long as the earth remains, it's got nothing to do with Old or New Testament. You sow it, you grow it, you reap it. You sow ugly, you reap ugly. You sow cynicism and judgmental and condemnation, you sowed it, you'll reap it. And harvest is always greater than seed. That's why God hates gossip. He hates those who sow discord among the brethren. Why? Because you sow one seed, you grow a stinking tree. And from that tree, now other people come around, and what you sowed, you told one person, he told 20. And now all these other people have an attitude and an opinion of that person you just gossiped about. And yet you finally get it right with that person, but you have no idea that that other people, this person and that person you told, they involved another 30 or 40. Now 40 people have an opinion towards that person you're right with, but 40 other people have now judged them. And you can't follow up where your seed multiplied. So the best way not to grow it is don't sow it. Because whatever you sow, you will that's why God hates, it says, it's an abomination, those who sow discord. It's strife. Why? Because whatever you sow, it grows. Seeds grow. Not just good seeds, ugly seeds. So you either, you've either got God or the devil 
multiplied what you sowed. So we sow seed. What, do you, what happens when you sow seed? You're increasing your future. Let me tell you, that's why you're going to see incredible miracles happen in this church. Because I know your pastors. I know the way that they give. I know the way that they sow. I know that what they're doing into the nations of the world. Listen, God so loved the world, not just Texas, not just America. Jesus wasn't born in Tulsa or Texas. God loved the world. And the church, listen, Jesus was the answer to the problem of man, but the church is now the answer to what's going on in the world. And wherever the church is and wherever that word is going out, and let me tell you, you guys are making a difference in the world. God loves this church. And the seeds that you sow out into the world and into people's lives, let me tell you, it will come back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Don't minimize. Listen, seed is small and it's tiny. The kingdom of heaven is as if a man would plant mustard, a mustard seed. Listen, a mustard seed, you know how small that is? Now you take an avocado, big seed. But a mustard seed, if you, again, Google it. Go on the internet. A full-grown mustard tree is the size of an oak tree. They're huge. A full-grown mustard tree they're magnificent. In fact, the Bible says, and, and it grows large and it spreads out its branches and the, and the fowls of the air come and they find their nest in it. This a mustard seed tree is not a bush. It's a magnificent, huge tree. And it comes from this little tiny seed. You take an avocado, big seed, impressive seed, but it, it doesn't get huge. A mustard tree will outgrow an avocado five to one, easy, five times bigger. Don't judge me because you look at my shell. You got no idea what's inside this shell. Never minimize what's inside that seed. Pastor Rusty and I were fishing last night. We didn't catch any big ones, but we caught some. We had fun. And we took the little ones, we threw them back in, said, Where's your daddy? When I would fish with my, my dad, he'd catch a little bass. He'd say, look, you, you go and you grow. I'll see you next year. <laughs> Every time you give in the offering, you ought to talk to it. Say, listen, next time I see you, you're going to be a lot bigger than you are now. <laughs> Every time you release your offering, you ought to speak over it. I'm, I love the confession you guys have, but let me add something in there. You can just say without what's written there. You just say, you go, you grow, I'll see you soon. That's what seed is. It's guarantee. As I release this, it's going to go out, it's going to grow up, and you're coming back to me. I release you to grow. Don't eat it. It's not going to grow. You get a snack. I don't want a snack. I want a banquet. Your seed, can you give you a snack or get something that sticks between your teeth? Or it can fill your table. What do you want, a full table or a snack? Then you've got to sow it. See, if God wants to do something great in you, he sows in you. If he wants to do something great for you, he says, now you sow. Number three. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on number two because your pastor more than covers that. God wants to do something great in you. What does he do? He sows seeds in you. He wants to do something great for you. He says, okay, you sow. Listen, you operate by my principles. You operate by the way I operate. 
I needed something done, I'll sow the seed. You Listen, I needed an answer for planet Earth, so what did I do? I'll sow the seed. You need an answer and you're part of Earth, you sow a seed. It's what God did. He said, it worked for me, it'll work for you. God trusts in his own principles and word. Then God sows us. If God does something great in you, he does something great for you, and then he does something great with you and through you. He sows seed in us, we're the soil. We sow seed, we're the sower. And then Matthew chapter 13, let's go there. This is where you guys are right now. Is this helping anybody? I hope so. Matthew 13, 24. Another parable he put forth to them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed. Everybody say good seed. So good seed in his field. You know, every time the seed is sown, it's always good. God sows in you as good seed. What seed are you sowing? Oh, that's sad. Come on. What kind of seed are you sowing? Say good seed. Amen. When the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then tares also appeared. A servant of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Why does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us to go and gather it up? No, lest when you gather up the tares, you also root up the wheat with them. Let it grow together at the harvest time. At the time of the harvest, we will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares, bind them in bundles and burn them. Gather the wheat into my barn. Okay, when the disciples got alone with Jesus again, they came to say, Okay, Lord, we don't get it. Verse 36. Jesus sent the multitude away, went into the house. The disciples came to him and said, Can you explain to us the parable of the tares of the field? He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. So here he is. Jesus is now the sower. The field is the world. And the good seed are the sons of the kingdom. I'll give you something to think about. He sows in you. He says, listen, you want more to come to you? Listen, there is no limit to what you can have come to your life. Well, please get that. See, first of all, there's no limit to how much of God you can have manifesting in you. Because there's no limit to seed. The multiplication of seed has no boundaries. We, we prove that with one mango seed giving us a tree which has fruit that has more seeds and you plant that, you can go from one seed and one tree to millions of trees to more fruit than you can possibly count because there's, there's, there's no limitation. As long as it's sown, it continues to multiply and the multiplication gets exponentially greater and greater and greater. So there's no limit to what can happen in you. There's no limit to what can come to you. You know what limits what comes to you? The seeds you sow. Say, well, I don't have as much to give as others. That's not the point. If you had the seed the size of a mustard seed, 
Let me tell you, you take a mustard seed and you take a mango seed. You say, well, mine looks like a mustard seed. Never minimize what's in you. It's not the size of the seed. It's what's in it. So you need to be careful judging people around you. First of all, you don't even know everything that's in you. How could you know everything that's in the side per the person next to you? You ought to look at the person next to you and say, if you knew what was really inside me, you'd take me out to lunch right after church. <laughs> if you knew who was sitting next to you, you'd take me out to barbecue or something. Yeah. Don't judge people. You don't know what God put in them. Let me tell you, if not for some spiritual people who prayed for me and Rusty, anybody that looked at us would have thought, you got to be kidding me. Strung out, drugs, alcohol, way too much other stuff. People look at us and go, are you kidding me? And God goes, I like them boys. They're nuts. They'll do anything. Let me tell you, I have nothing that qualifies me for what I do outside of God. God, I didn't call me. Nobody else called me. God called me. No, anybody else that looked at me would have thought, you got to be kidding. I go back into my, my hometown in Florida. When people find out what I do, they look at me like, say, what? You're doing what? We went in a restaurant one time. This girl walked up to the table. Shadi and I were with her. She goes, are you Paul Chase? Yes, I am. She went, oh, okay. I don't like being in my hometown with Shadi so much. But before, now it's okay. Before it was not good. Because when you have a lot of old girlfriends that still live there. I was in a doctor's office one time, and one walked in. I just hid behind the newspaper. Because Shadi will start asking questions, and she wants to know everything. I thought, I'm not going there. So this waitress walks up. She goes, so you're Paul Ch Yeah. Shadi goes, oh, you know him? Yeah. She goes, you'll, you'll never guess what he does now. She goes, did you go to high school with him? Oh, I went with his sister a few years behind him. She goes, but I'm, I knew what, who he what, and she just got all tongue-tied. Shadi looked at me like, you dog, you. <laughs> so she goes, you'll never guess what he does now. And she goes, what? She goes, he's a preacher. She cussed and walked off. <laughs> Our waitress. She came back and she goes, no, seriously, what do you do? I went, <laughs> seriously. She couldn't believe it. Hey. Don't judge me by my shell. You got no idea what's inside me. Yeah. Shell might be a little ugly. But, oh, but there's a treasure on the inside. Yeah. Shell might be a little small. Oh, but you have no idea what God put on the inside. Yeah. You didn't create it. You didn't put it there. And when, when you get recreated, God said you're a good seed. Yeah. Now, you know what he does with a good seed? He plants you. Yeah. He plants you. You don't plant you. He plants you. So if you want to see God do something great in you, it takes seed. You want to take him do something great for you, it takes seed. You want to see him do something great with you and through you, he said, listen, you're a good seed. God wanted to do something wonderful in Galveston. So you know what he did? He planted a rusty and lay a tree. 
He planted a Martin tree. Anytime God wants to do something somewhere, he plants people. Amen. We have minimized in what is coming to us and what we hear, so we've, we treated it lightly. We have minimized in what God wants to do for us through our giving, so we've treated it lightly. And we have minimized who we are and what we have and where we are, and so we've treated it lightly. Listen, God wants you planted. God has prepared you as a seed, and he wants to sow you. And he, listen, and God understands the principle of seed and ground. And so when he plants you, understand this. He doesn't sow you into hard ground or thorny ground. Anytime God plants a seed, he plants it in a place that he has prepared for it. And he knows that the soil, that the seed is at the mercy of the soil. And so for the fullest potential of this seed to bring forth what it's designed to do, it must go into a prepared place. And the very fact that Island Church was planted here by the design of God means there is a prepared place. And you haven't even seen what God wants to do. You guys, I believe, are still in the root stage. Say, so, well, we run a season. You're just beginning to come up through the ground. Listen, every great oak tree started as a little nut. Never judge who you are in the future by what you presently see. That, that would be like trying to judge what's in the, inside the seed by looking at the size of the seed. Do not minimize what's on the inside. God takes what he designs to bring forth something great and glorious and beyond your imagination. What do you think Ephesians 3.20 is all about? That God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask, think, dream, hope, or imagine according to the power that is working within us. And then the next verse says, in the church. See, this exceedingly great and abundantly above all we ask, think, dream, hope, or imagine isn't just for you personally. It's what he wants to do in the church. That what he, When he plants a church, when he plants you in the church, you're here in a purpose and with a purpose. You're not just attending church on a Sunday morning. You're part of a body. You belong to a church. And the church has a purpose. And you in the church, you have a purpose. You have a purpose to fulfill in the way that you serve, in the way that you love, in the way that you pray. God has an eternal purpose that he wants to bring to pass in Galveston and in Texas and around the world, and he's involving you in that. Listen, I woke up this morning almost in tears. I shed a little bit with Rusty. And I say this with all humility. I, I'm not trying to blow, toot my own horn or anything because, listen, you know in the parable of the of, of when, when Jesus talks about the story where he gave talents to one, he gave five to one, two to one, and one to another. He gave each according to their own ability. I think I was the guy that got one. Now, I didn't hide it, but I, I really didn't have nothing. Love for God and just, just willing to go wherever he wanted me to go. So glad I got saved because I'd probably be in jail or dead by now if I didn't meet Jesus. But, you know, five can turn into ten, ten can turn into twenty, twenty can turn into forty. There's no limitation. Two can turn into four, four can turn into eight, eight into sixteen, sixteen, thirty-two, thirty-two, sixty-four. There's no limitation. But a lot, of, a lot happens when five goes into ten, ten, twenty, twenty, forty, forty, sixty, uh, forty, eighty. Obviously, math is not my strength. 
80, 160, and then you can get self-satisfied and, and just stop right there and enjoy your 160. But you know, one can become a two, and two can become a four. Four can become an eight, eight a 16, a 16 a 32, a 32 a 64, a 64 a 128, and a 128 a, help me out somebody. You know what happens? The guy that started with one, if he'll stay faithful, he'll just go right on by the guy that started with five. Because it's not the size of the seed, it's what's in the seed. And there is, and this is what he's teaching in that parable, if you'll use what you've got, it'll grow. And then you use that, and it'll grow. Your talents and your ability grow when you use it. Shadi and I, we went to the Philippines we didn't have a clue, in all honesty. You know, people say, you ought to write a book. Man, if I wrote a book, it would be one page about, you know, success. And, and, and most of the friends that I know, if they're honest, we could all write at a chapter. We didn't have a clue. But we went. I was 26. Shoddy was 23. Shotty just turned 60. We're going into our 38th year. We have 125 churches. In the Philippines, Malaysia, India, Nepal, uh, soon to be Vietnam, uh, Myanmar, Dubai. I, I was watching a video this morning. I showed Pastor Rusty for our church in Nepal. Katma, Nepal, the, the Christian history of Nepal is is maybe 70 years old. Some of the first known believers of that nation are still alive today. Three men are going to prison for 12 years because they ate a cow. It's a Hindu nation. Can you imagine? Didn't kill anybody, weren't selling drugs. They had a barbecue. <laughs> and we can laugh in Texas, that's funny. In Nepal, how'd you like to go to jail for... 12 years because you had some beef ribs or some brisket. 12 years of jail because you ate a cow. And they just did a meeting. They called it a, a Jesus Generation meeting. Almost 2,000 people in Kathmandu. Kathmandu. Our worship team, our church there, just leading worship. And all these young people, there's a new generation that is not interested in that old religion. I watch other videos of our churches around the nation that a thousand members here, three thousand members here, multiple services invading malls and taking over theaters and service a day, two services a day, three services a day. And we got a church in 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 um, the dump site, Smoky Mountain, where people live on the dump site. The average size church there is forty to fifty people. We have a church of over a 1,000. I did a wedding right before I came to the States. 85 couples, mass wedding. 85 couples. And Pastor Herbie had jackets and dresses all donated to these people. And, 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 and these people live in the dump. They live in the most... Manila is the most densely populated city in the world. It's not the most populated, but the most densely populated. And Tondo is the most densely populated place on planet Earth. 
me and a friend of mine named Bill Wilson, we were down there. We slept. We stayed in a little house right there in the dump. We have outreaches with thousands of kids every Saturday. We feed 3,000 kids every Saturday right down the dump site. Pastor Herbie had all these dresses donated. And this one girl, I mean, they're beautiful. And I, I looked at this one young lady. I said, look at her, Herbie. If, if people didn't know where we are, and I just took a picture of her, people would be shocked that we were here in Tondo. And he pointed at her, that girl, and he ruined me right there. He had tears in his eyes. He goes, that girl right there, she lives under the bridge. It's got a 1,000 people in the middle of a dump area. It's one of my sons. Because if you plant a seed, you grow a tree. And when that tree grows, it bears fruit. And inside that fruit is more seeds. And from that seeds comes more fruit. And anytime God wants to change a nation, anytime he wants to change a place, he plants a seed. Because the earth is the ground, but the seeds, the good seeds, are the sons of the kingdom. See, you're a good seed. And he planted. God doesn't want you potted. <laughs> well, you can just pick up your little clay pot and move somewhere else. Well, I got offended. Well, grow up. Somebody hurt my feelings. Are you married? Come on. Has your wife ever hurt your feelings? She's holding your elbow right now. Okay. Has your husband ever hurt your feelings? Have your kids ever disappointed you? I'm like, your kids disappointed. I'm out of here. No. This is your family. You stay there. You make it work. You tough it out. You love through it. You grow through it. Well, I was in church and somebody hurt my feelings. Oh, please. Why do you expect people in church to be perfect and you go home and it's far from perfect? You're not walking out of that. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. God wants you planted. Why? Because His purposes are carried forth when He plants in you, when you plant and when He he sows you. Now let me read a few more things and we'll close. I know I'm going over, but... I've been, wait, I've been waiting two years to come here, so I'm going to squeeze it all in together. Psalms 92, 15 this is the Amplified. The righteous will flourish like the date, long-lived, upright, and useful. Say, that's me. Oh, come on. Say it with some gusto. Especially if you're getting older. Long-lived, upright, and useful. They will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic and stable, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in grace, they will, stri- they will thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. That's me. They will be flourish and be vital and fresh, rich in love, trust, and contentment. They are living memorials to declare that the Lord is upright and faithful to His promise. He is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in them. Isaiah 61, verse 3 in the Amplified. To grant those who mourn in Zion the following, to give them a turban instead of dust on their heads, a sign of mourning, 
the oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment expresses of praise instead of a disheartened spirit. So they will be called the trees of righteousness, strong and magnificent. Come on, say that's me. Distinguished for integrity, justice, and right standing with God. The planting of the Lord. Listen, do you trust God to plant you? Come on, do you trust Him to plant you? Then stay put. Let your roots go down. Let them go deep. Because when God wants to do something great in a place, He plants a seed. God wants to do something great in Galveston. That's why he planted this church. This church existed because God wanted something done that wasn't being done. He wants something said. He wants something demonstrated that needs to be said, needs to be demonstrated. So what does he do? He doesn't just drop it out of the sky. He plants a seed, and seeds grow. Seeds sown in me determine my progress and my maturity. Seeds sown by me determine my prosperity and my multiplication. And when I get sown as a seed, it determines my purpose. You'll never know passion without purpose. A lot of people want to have passion for something. Yeah, but what are you passionate about? My son Ryan's got a tattoo right here. Well, both my sons have lots of tattoos, like stinking billboards almost. One says passion. I said, well, son, that's, that's cool. All right. But what are you passionate about, son? You have to understand purpose and need a purpose to have a direction for your passion. He goes, oh, that's good. I could put purpose over here. (laughs) That's not what I'm talking about. Who I am, what I will have, what I can do, it's all seed. When God wants to bring change in a life, to a life and to a place, he plants seeds. You're the ground, you're the sower, and you're the seed. He multiplies it in me, makes it bigger in me, my roots. He multiplies it for me, bigger for me, these are my fruits. Then he multiplies me, and he makes me bigger, and I become the tree. What does it go back to? In me through me, and then me. It's all seed, and it's how he operates. When you understand that, you understand that every time your pastor comes up there and talks about that building, this is not the plan of a man. It's the purpose of heaven. We're involved in the purposes of heaven. Think about when God created a covenant with Abraham. He said, listen, you walk with me. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a blessing. And through you, All the nations of the world will be blessed. You look at the stars. You look at the sand of the sea. It would be like trying to count those that will come behind you. What are we called? If you are Abraham's seed, come on. God had a conversation with Abraham, and it birthed a nation. Today we call Israel. And from that covenant came the seed that he spoke of in Genesis which was our Messiah, which is Jesus. So the descendants that come from Abraham that bless the nations of the world isn't because you can't count the number of Jewish people in Israel. It's the believers over years and thousands of years 
from then until now, until we leave this place, from a conversation God had with one man. He planted a seed, and in that relation, because God said, look, come on, let's do this together. Come on, Galveston. God is saying, hey, you're a good seed. Say, I'm a good seed. He said, I'm going to plant you. I'm going to plant you right here. And listen, when God plants something, He plans on growing something magnificent. It's not a little thing. It's not a light thing. And it's not a man thing. It's a God thing. And it carries eternal purpose in this community, in this state, in this country. And you guys are helping us touch the world. We have cities to touch, nations to reach, and a world to change. All of us together, we are making a difference. In us, by us, and in us. Did you get it? Father, we thank you. Thank you for the Holy Ghost who will take this and just help us to chew on it, make it real. There's things you want to grow in every man and woman here, in their character, their personality, their temperament. Lord, I thank you that you're bringing great change in us. You're bringing great things to us. And you are doing some amazing things with us. We just submit to it. We trust in you. We commit our ways into you. We know that you're going to bring it all to pass. I thank you for the purposes of God carrying out an island church. I thank you for these people. That their most wonderful, most blessed and best days are just unfolding. As they like this fresh tree coming up through the ground. The glorious things that are ahead of them. Let them not minimize the planting of the Lord. What you're bringing forth is strong and majestic and long-lived. Do it in them. Do it for them. And do it through them. And with them. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Wow. What can you say about that? I saw a deal the other day. A, a motivational speaker was speaking in Los Angeles, California. I think they leased an auditorium to seat, I think, 2,500 people. And the tickets went on sale. They were $5,000 for a ticket. And it, it immediately when they went on sale, they sold out. 2,500 people paid $5,000 to go hear this guy give a motivational talk. This was not motivational. This was spiritual. And in reality, if you hear any portion or part of that, it will totally change your life, radically change your life. This is the principles of the kingdom of God, the God that we serve, the God that we serve. Amen. I'm going to do, we're going to do two things real quick. I know our time We've gone a little longer than usual, but has this been worth it or not? My God. We want to be sure, hang around. We want to be sure and take an offering and bless Pastor Paul. But let me do this real quick. Lee and I, in the front of our house, we planted a, a, a nice plumeria tree. And uh, it was, uh, we like those plumerias. They grow when they flower. It kind of like smells like perfume. You know, kind of like our big plumerias out here. We're going to take those with us when we go to to the new church because those those trees are very valuable. But uh, 
two different times in the past year, I guess, that tree has blown over. And, you know, that always concerns me when you plant something that blows over. And so uh, uh, I got out there. The first time I got out there and I re-dug the soil and I, and I, uh, uh, I got all these stakes and drove them in the ground and, and I propped it all up and boom, the leaves came back and it flowered again. It's all pretty. And then this past, uh, when we had the storm and the wind blew hard, it, I, we came home, I think we came home from church, and it's laying on its side again. I'm like, man, that plumeria's blown over again. So I got out there and I started digging, and I dug and I dug and I dug, and where the, where the taproot of that tree should have gone, there's a rock this big. Is it, I actually, we got it, I, I finally dug it out, and it's, and it's sitting next to the tree now, and I got the tree replanted. And, and so the, 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 the tree had all the potential of growth. It had all the potential of growth. But deep down in the soil was that rock that was stopping what it, what it was doing to the roots. Instead of the roots going down, they were going out. So it wasn't getting the depth that it needed. It, it, it had the roots that went out, but they couldn't hold it in a storm. When the wind blew hard, it couldn't hold the tree because they weren't deep. They were out, but not down. Now, some of you in here today... Your, your life is kind of like that tree. It's, it's grown up. There's been some fruit. There's been some flowers. But it seems like every storm that comes in your life, it blows you over. And you're thinking, why in the world is everything that I, ha- that I go through in life, why does it have to be such a drama? Why does it have to be so drawn out? Well, it just may be that deep down in the soil, there may be a rock. The Lord was speaking this to me when I was, when I was, uh, 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 when Pastor Paul was teaching He said, there are those here today that if they'll just be honest and just realize it, that years ago, some other time or place, they've sowed something in their life very negative that's created something very hard in them. But the good thing about God is forgiveness and repentance. And as as Pastor Paul was teaching, the Lord spoke to me and said, this whole atmosphere of this whole sanctuary right now is saturated with a word from God that is, that is meant to bring health to the seed that God is sowing, but not only that, health to the soil that it's planted in. So every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looking around but me, ushers, bow your heads, because we're not going to ask anybody to come up here. You say, Pastor Rusty, there's, just, there's something in my life that needs to get out of my life. And I recognize and realize it's something that was sown in my past that has grown into a hard place in my life. And I'm trusting God today to supernaturally take that out of my life. And as an act of faith, I'm not going to have anybody looking around, nobody looking around. I just want you to put your hand up and put it back down. Put your hand up and put it back down. My God. And everybody look this way. I want everybody to pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the laws of your word that are divine and supernatural. And by your word and your power, Today, I cancel the effect of negative seed sown in my life. Forgive me, Lord. I repent before you, and I thank you this day. The blood of Jesus begins to flow into that hard place of my life. And today, there's a replanting of the spiritual tree of who I am. I thank you, Father, that from now on, I'm going to flourish. I'm going to bear fruit. I'm going to be a seed planter, and I'm going to be sown as a seed. 
into the kingdom of God to produce what God wants. Now begin to thank God for that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now let me say something. I'm trusting God that that prayer is going to do it for you. Man, for me to get that rock out, Pastor Paul, I had to dig and dig. And I, Leah came out and said, what are you doing? I said, I found this rock. <laughs> I found. And then now we've got another project. We've got a place in our backyard, all this beautiful grass. We've got a place that the grass just, I've done everything I can do to get the grass to grow. So we, we planted some, some, some plants, and where we planted those plants, we dug out some grass. So I thought, I'm going to get some of that healthy grass. I'm going to plant it over there. So I went over there, and I, and I, and I started digging around in the ground. And, and, and a couple of years ago, we put a pool in at our house. And the people that put the pool in, dumped a bunch of cement right there and when we we landscape we just put dirt over that cement but the grass doesn't grow there so I went in and, and remember I dug a little chunk out about that big just to see if the grass would grow if I got the cement out planted and that piece of grass is just growing just pretty as it can be but nothing around it's growing so I'm gonna have to go in there and I'll take all that cement out that they left in order to get the grass to grow if it's not if something is not producing in your life spiritually there is a reason, but you're going to have to do some digging. And the Holy Ghost, He's the consummate helper. He's the consummate helper. He will help you dig in that hard, stony ground, and He will show you exactly what needs to be done. Isn't that good? What a word for Island Church this morning. Oh, man. It may have taken two years, but it ain't going to take two years again. Amen. We had them scheduled all week to do all. Y'all know we all... We did, but thank God the Lord sent him here. I believe that's a word that will change our church dynamically and in the future produce great fruit. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409 409- 770-9113 We are located at 2411 69th Street Galveston, Texas And remember to keep looking unto Jesus He is the author and the finisher of our faith